Let us pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Our 40-day Lenten journey began on Ash Wednesday. The people of God assembled on this day were marked with ashes as a sign of penitence and mortality. And in the words, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return, we are reminded of our death and the fragile state of the human condition. Further, we are called to repent and seek forgiveness whenever we personally or corporately fall into sin. The practice is of the key aspects of our spiritual lives and our relationship with God, the creator. Just as in Lent, there will be many occasions when our bodies and our souls will make a journey into the wilderness. From the time of our birth, the time that we are called to return to God, we will have ample opportunities to experience a journey that will lead us to and hopefully out of the life's wilderness. Instead of dreading these times in the wilderness, we should invite them and view them as a time of preparation in which God is preparing us for a task, a place where our spiritual strength is refined and strengthened. After all, the great writer J.R.R. Tolkien reminds us, not all who wander are lost. Because of our three-year lectionary cycle, the last time we heard these readings was in 2020, just before the world shut down. The COVID-19 pandemic had reached our shores and we were just beginning to see the sheer devastation a virus could bring to our world and the incredible science we can implore to fight it. Three years ago, the world changed forever. And three years ago on this very Sunday, I started my own trek into the wilderness of discernment as I took my first steps to answer the call to the priesthood when a bishop looked at me and said, I don't know, but maybe you should consider ordination. This was never part of my plan. After all, I was happy in my public affairs job and I was happy serving the church as a layperson. But as we all know, when you, start to, when you want to see God laugh, show him your plans. There have been many times along this journey that I have wanted to return to life as I knew it and I have been tempted many times to say no. But you and I both know that God will always catch up with us. And without fail, each and every time, he will gently remind us that his way is better than ours by bringing us back sometimes through the wilderness. I have been tempted to say no, but oh, the sweetness I have tasted. After seeing Jesus transfigured last week, We see Jesus at who he is. We see Jesus in both his full humanness and his full divinity, transfigured. But just as we know who Jesus is, so does the tempter. Today's gospel report of the temptations of Jesus according to Matthew and testified to Mark and Luke in their gospels comes to us as a story which resonates so much with our own human experience. Jesus is first tempted with the immediate needs of his physical body. 
It comes at a time when Jesus is hungry and at his physical weakness. The tempter doesn't say, all right, I'll give you some bread, but you will have to work for me today. That may have been a reasonable request. But what makes it temptation is the shortcut to the miraculous. Use your powers as the son of God to change these stones into bread. How many times do we look for shortcuts or scapegoats? How many times do we say, well, if X weren't in place, then Y wouldn't happen? Or because this particular person is in power, then of course God is allowing all this suffering to take place. All of us fall into the temptation, especially in times of disaster. Jesus puts us to shame here. Even when his own physical survival is at stake, he clings to the assurance given to us in his faith ancestors that we do not live by bread alone, that the word of God, the truth of God, if only we would see it, if only we would acknowledge it, leads us into life. Of course, Jesus knew the necessity for human nourishment. Otherwise, he would not have felt compassion for the poor and the hungry. Time and time again, he commands us to look after and feed the hungry. Not living by bread alone means that we must not give into the temptation of allowing the needs of our bodies to overwhelm our need for the word of God. The second temptation, the use of scripture in order to put God to the test, is painfully familiar to us. If only we stop to examine our expectations with honesty. If you're like me, we have a tendency to bargain with God and to try to tempt him into something else. We read scripture such as, ask it and it shall be given, knock and the door will be opened, and lament when God doesn't give us our heart's desire, and we ask, why doesn't God answer my prayers? Why doesn't God punish the evildoers and reward the righteous? These are legitimate questions, but they almost always end up in some form of testing God or bargaining. If you answer this prayer, God, I promise this time, this time I'll be good forever and ever. In other words, if you do what I want and what I think is right and you affirm me, then I will have reason to believe in you. The problem with this is that when we begin to bargain with God, we do not consider the interconnectedness of creation. Because we don't know the mind of God, we cannot enter into and understand the mind of a creator who sees and understands the consequences of our requests. What if God answered the prayers of those who wanted this country to be destroyed? What if God answered the prayers of so many in our own country who claim the name of Christ and who ask for the destruction of their enemies? What would happen to that world? The answer that Jesus gives, knowing that he could have survived being hurled from the pinnacle of the temple, is that even when we ask for things using the words of scripture, putting God to the test is yielding to the temptation of the easy fix without considering the consequences. The third temptation is the one that has brought us to the brink of disaster again and again, the terrible and seductive call to power. How easy it would have been for Jesus, weakened from hunger, all alone in the unforgiving desert wilderness, to forget to whom he truly belonged. 
How many humans can you name who have turned their backs to the terrible seduction of power? The inequality of wealth and power in our country and global society is just one example. There are people in this country who lack basic access to food and shelter, while others hoard their wealth in offshore accounts and live in their gated communities where they don't have to look at poverty and stare it in the face when it surrounds them. The temptation of wealth is a temptation of power, and how well Jesus knew the fatal results of giving into the worship of other gods, the gods of greed, of luxury, of controlling others. All you have to do, Satan tells him, is to forget that you belong to God. Jesus rejects this temptation outright. Only God is worthy of our worship, he tells us. Only God deserves our service, not the false idols of vanity, wealth, and power. It is after this firm answer that the devil departs and leaves him alone. My friends, the question I have for you today is, do we know the God who it is who made us and loves us and most certainly will not abandon us in the desert of temptation? Do we know this God? For just as the tempter knew who Jesus was, he knows who we are also, all of our strengths and all of our weaknesses. And he will implore every tactic against us to try and separate us from God. But you see, the great secret and redemption of the story of the temptation in the Garden of Eden is that God did not abandon Adam and Eve and that nothing can separate us from the love of God. The great promise that continues to echo through the centuries since Paul preached it in Rome is that even if we fall into the temptation of forgetting God, grace will not forget us. For just as one man's disobedience we were made sinners, so that by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Just like you, There have been times along this journey that I have wanted to return to life as I knew it, and I was tempted to say no. But you and I both know that God will always catch up with us in our plans. Time and time again, he will gently remind us that his ways are better than ours. And he brings us back, though sometimes through the wilderness. I have been tempted to say no. But oh, the sweetness I have tasted when I say yes to God. Amen.